B-Pod Studios. Comic books, video games, anime, sci-fi. If you've been made fun of for it, we're probably going to talk about it. One question. Is it too late to change the name? Nerd Radio starts now. Welcome, everyone, to this week's Nerd Radio, where you get your podcast as part of the B-Pod Studios Network, and, of course, on your social media at Nerd Radio 101. I'm your host, Chuck Bean, joined by James. Hello. And Al Beck. We did it. We did it. Captain Kirk has he's, been to space. He's in space as we speak. All your hard well, he's work back is now. Paid he's, off he's, oh, he's already back? He's back now, yes. Oh, I thought they launched him this morning. They did, yeah. He's not staying. No. He's just like, no, you no. get up there and then you come back. No. Well, I'm glad he's back. Yes. Because, honestly, I, the thought occurred to me, uh, this is, is this is Jeff Bezos' rocket, right? Uh, yes. The thought occurred to me that, what if Jeff Bezos hated Star Trek? Son of a bitch. And this was his, like, long-term assassination attempt on Captain Kirk. Oh, my God. Like, that, that would be that would have been so tragic. That would turn this into the day that's the origin story of Bezos becoming a supervillain. Yeah, that's too, truly supervillain. This was era. him setting up to murder Captain Kirk. Like he was beat up by a bunch of Star Trek nerds when he was in. You know. Okay, I'm going to stop you right there. I'm going to stop you right there. Well, plenty of men have gone there before, but he's finally joined them. He's done it. Which is really cool. That happened as we record this today, a matter of, uh, you know, just minutes ago. So um, so I, th- I thought we had to start with this to talk about oh, it, yeah. how cool it is that Captain Kirk has made it in space. Right. And, I, you know, I was trying to find something of, you know, him talking about the experience because he did, you know, that was my thing. Like, we, me, James, Chuck the Freak, and uh, Ken, over sure. Easter guy, Ken, uh, all watched it on TV in the studio. And then it comes down, and you know we're sitting there like, well, hey, it didn't blow up, so that's good. But right, like, the man's ninety years old, so like I still was nervous. Like, like we didn't get to send Spock into space. Well, that's but, a bummer. Well, not only that, but like I'm just like I, I need to see him. I need to I need a wellness check. I yeah. need to know he didn't have a heart attack on the way up or down. You know, and uh, and he is. Uh, I so did see video of him out and walking and talking about the experience and i couldn't find anything of like a direct interview okay i'm sure it's out there but you know i do so little prep yeah, for Bezos, this show uh, caught him right after you walked out of the uh, the tip of the, yeah. the wiener rocket so all the all the uh audio that i could find was i think him talking to bezos yeah uh so it's all like none of it's like a direct interview it's all like the cameras and microphones like ran up and caught whatever they could of the conversation between oh, Bezos and Shatner. But uh, BBC World News on their Twitter uh, shared a, uh, just a little over. Oh, my God. My Twitter feed just refreshed and I lost. My uh, you lost it. Oh, my God. Are you oh, no. kidding me? This is the first time in my life I've done prep for nerd radio because I'm excited. <laughs> Twitter about you. Shatner. Oh, here it is. All right. I found it. But, yeah, no, it literally. <laughs> Al's really the 90 year old. It refreshed. <laughs> Scrolled up to the top. But uh, anyway, so uh, BBC World News' Twitter account uh, shared this video. It's like a minute, 20 seconds of him talking specifically about the atmosphere and the blue sky and how quickly it disappears. Let's sure. give this a listen right here. We go now. It was so moving. This experience is something unbelievable. You see, yeah, you know, uh, weightless. My stomach went up. And I, ah, this is so weird. But not as weird as the covering of blue. This is what I never expected. Oh, it's one thing to say, oh, the sky and the thing and the fragile thing. It's all true. But what isn't true, what, what is unknown, until you do it. I will say this is, it's a, it's very beautiful what he's saying, but right. also makes no little sense. <laughs> I want the lady in the bag. Shut up, lady in the bag. I know, the lady in the bag. I was like, Captain I, Kirk yeah, is talking. Exactly. I, I was feeling the same thing. But so. also, no offense, yeah. can we get a better mic that can actually pick up I know. Well, like I, voice better like I said, than right. everybody else around? Yeah. yeah, like I said, this is like sort of like standing outside of his conversation with Bezos. But anyway, sorry, uh, continuing here. Yeah. Is, there's this pillow. There's this soft blue. Look at the beauty of that color. And it's so thin, and you're through it in an instant. It's what a how 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 thick is it? We know. 
Is it a mile? Two no, miles? I mean, it's, I mean, it depends on how you measure because it thins out, but maybe 50 miles. He's asking these old science questions. Yeah. These are the answers to. So you're through 50 <laughs> miles of whatever the mathematics fast. was. Yeah, really you know, fast. It's like a beat and a beat, and suddenly you're through the blue. And, then and you're into black. And you're into, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's mysterious and galaxies and things. But what you see is black. And what you see down there is light. And that's the difference. So Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I was watching some of, uh, like, there was a longer video. It was like 7 minutes and 44 seconds. And I started going through that to try and pull audio, which, thank God, I gave up on it because the me pulling audio didn't work out for me. Right. Maybe I am the 90-year-old man. I, I, that's what I'm feeling right now. But, oh, God damn. But, yeah, Did you have anyway. a metal this morning? <laughs> no, maybe that's the problem. You're not regular then. Yeah, so I'm definitely you're, irregular. You're regular Al. I'm your regular Al. <laughs> so, but, yeah, that was the big news yeah, of the fun. day today. Okay, so who else do we have to send into space now? Uh, Mark Hamill. I was going to say we got to like with the other side of the, the other side of the star coin has to be yeah. so we've got we can't send Han Solo. No, you know what? I, I, well, he'd want to he'd want to drive himself to space first off, right. and then he would crash the rocket into <laughs> yeah. the moon. Yeah, yeah, not he'd a probably, good idea. He'd probably see the space. And he's like, you want me to go up in that giant dick? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I would rather uh, have him commentating. I would rather get commentary. From, okay. Harrison Ford, but uh, send Luke Skywalker, yeah. make him actually a Skywalker, send him in space. Yeah, like what? Which I actually, you know what? I'm going to change my answer from Mark Hamill to is Anthony Daniels still with us? <laughs> Can we oh send, dear! <laughs> send C3PO up into space. <laughs> uh, I feel like he's been in more Star Wars movies than anyone else. But like. Uh, you, you, can we send Captain Picard up there for a minute? Yeah. Can we send that's Janeway the, up there? That's one of the things I was saying was the, the only shame about this is the fact that it wasn't Patrick Stewart, and he was, so he wasn't there to give the command, engage. Engage. Like, right as the rocket lifted oh off. Oh, my goodness. But, you know. How, I, don't, I don't care. Even if you're not a Star Trek nerd, if you're in the rocket with Patrick Stewart, and he tells you to engage. I make like, a mess in my pants. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's going to be a sticky ride, and I'll tell you that. Oh, it's a good thing that didn't happen in that uh, that Star Trek VR game that we had. It didn't have like a clip of him saying, <laughs> engage. Oh, <'cause>... yeah. <laughs> then Al would actually want to play video games with you yeah. all the time. Yeah. be a tarp on my living room floor. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> let's play the Star Trek game. Yep. I'm lonely. Yep. Yep. But, uh, yeah. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, let's take, uh, let's take a short break. Uh, we've got quite a show for you guys, for the podcast listeners. You are getting an interview with AEW's Bryce Remsburg at the end of this uh, podcast. But Bryce Remsburg? That's right. He's one of the referees. From All Elite Wrestling? That's right. Fantastic. <laughs> when we come back, though, we're going to be getting ready. We're going to talk about uh, Motor City Comic Con. i got some more Cowboy Bebop news for you. The first reviews for Ghostbusters Afterlife are in. Ooh. And uh, we got some video game news as well. Nerd Radio coming back. BackstageCountry.com, your online home for all things country music. Lainey Wilson is on a roll. She's delivering great music and teaming up with some of country's hottest acts. Text Lainey to 45911 to see which four Lainey Wilson collabs have us talking at BackstageCountry.com. Text Lainey to 45911 to get a link to the list sent right to your phone from BackstageCountry.com. Hope you've cleared out your DVR. Time for Nerd Radio. Spoilers. Make it so. Welcome back to Nerd Radio as part of the B-Pod Studios Network and, of course, on Rift 2 Wednesday nights at 10 p.m. But more importantly, on the Checkpoint XP Twitch stream on Wednesday mornings when we're recording. Uh, Twitch.tv backslash Checkpoint XP. It's James and Al Beck along with myself, Chuck Bean, hanging out and talking about some nerd stuff. Guys, last week was New York Comic Con. And uh, it's the first really big Comic Con that they've had in person. And uh, this this weekend we're getting Motor City Comic Con. Yes, we which are. Is going to be a, a big deal. We'll talk about that coming up. But one of the things I want to talk about is that Ghostbusters Afterlife had some of its first reviews coming in. Have you guys seen any of these online? I've not seen any reviews. No. I think the last thing I've seen is maybe maybe one of the trailers. I've been trying to avoid 
uh, a lot of it, just so it's more of a surprise. They when played. I do see it. They played the trailer when I went and saw Venom a couple weeks ago, and it was really cool to see it in the big screen. It made me, you know, like the first time I saw the trailer, the most recent final trailer, I got kind of emotional. Like, oh, this is, I'm going to be so happy with this movie. It's going to be so much fun. And then getting to see it on the big screen as well was like, I'm gonna be in this theater. I'm gonna be in this it. theater yeah. on opening day. Sealed the deal. Yeah, for sure. But uh, yeah, the first reviews very positive. Oh, good, good. Very positive. They said that the new cast is all very cool, and um, they gave you know like Paul Rudd and the girl that's playing Phoebe, and uh, there's a kid called that his nickname is Podcast, and he apparently is a kind of a show stealer. Okay. Out of the new group of kids. But they said that the third act is full fan service. Really? So that's probably where, I don't know if you've seen the figures in the stores, but oh, yeah. there are... Like the terror dog that walks? There's a, a Pete Venkman and a Ray Stance, and I, I believe even a... Uh, oh, what's the... It's not Egon. What's the, the other guy? Winston. A Winston Zedmore. They oh, have okay. gray in their hair, but they're wearing the Ghostbuster outfit, so they're probably showing up. And uh, I, I have read one spoiler, which I will not share with you guys okay. about a uh, particular person that is in this movie, but I think we're all going to be very happy with this one. Cool. I feel like that was, you just revealed the spoiler by no, saying that. not at all. If you haven't, I mean, you know, well, you, if you've seen the trailer, then you have a little bit of the information. I mean, it could be Zoom. Already. You know, who, who knows who it could be? It could be uh, Harold Ramis in some way, shape, or form. Right. They wow. they put him in the last one as a, a bust. Like yeah. A statue. And that was really, so, really cool. <clears throat> I'll keep it to myself just in case I'm right. Right. Well, so, I'm yeah. assuming there better be some sort of state puff. I'm looking forward to it. I'm sure you guys are looking forward to it. I can't believe we have to wait a whole month. That's what I was thinking when I saw the trailer in the theater, and then they said November, whatever. I wonder I like, why they pushed it to November. Why don't they just release it right around Halloween? Why do I gotta wait until November? Like, yeah, it's like the perfect movie to put out. <laughs> it really this is. Month. I want like, to why? see it now yeah. in October. You know, like I unboxed some of those. Uh, they have some little like mini Stay Puft figurine toys. Yeah, and I unboxed those so that way I can put that content on my YouTube channel during the month of October. Right. Um, it's like the perfect. It'd be the perfect time to put it out. I feel like if you wait till November, I don't know. Maybe they're trying to cash in on like holiday box office numbers but it's we're still in covid times so i don't know that the you know trying to get the cash in on that time you know if it's going to work out al can you do me a favor yeah can you search bustin on youtube there's a remix of this song by a guy called neil sakara and every time i hear this version i just want to be listening to bustin bustin it's just called bustin without a g Make sure it's the right kind of busting. It's right. Well, it's on YouTube, so it can't be too. Uh... I mean, it's you know, it's it's just the Ghostbusters theme. But he's like, at one point, he remixes the words, so he says, "I ain't afraid of no sleeping. I ain't afraid of no bed." <laughs> it just cracks me up. You get that bass line in there. I dig the beat. Okay. How's this making James feel? Like makes me feel good, Al. Busted, makes, I just didn't know if maybe you would consider it sacrilegious. No, 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 not at all. I was waiting to see how else he's going to change the song up. Yeah. But he just turned it into a, pretty much a declaration that he loves to orgasm. That Bustin makes him feel good. Yeah. I just love orgasming, especially if there's something strange sleeping in his bed. Oh, that's a twist. <laughs> the question is, does he still bust when the Invisible Man, the invisible in, his man in his bed? Yeah. <laughs> does he bust extra? The same amount? Less? Yeah, I, I found this guy through busting. Oh, he's showing the uh, oh, video there. <laughs> it's a fun remix. But yeah. I found this guy through this. A friend of yeah. me, friend shared this with me, and I started looking some of his stuff up. And he's got a version of uh, Wonderwall uh-huh. that's just two day, 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 day. Ah. <laughs> Which... So it's basically this is Black Al. Black Al <laughs> instead of Weird Al. Oh yeah, pretty <laughs> much a black version of Weird pretty Al. Pretty much. He did a he, he remixed uh, Lenny Kravitz's Fly Away. 
Okay. Uh, so he just wants uh, Milky Way. Like it's it. The whole song is just I want a Milky Way. <laughs> it's, it's fun stuff. Like Neil Sakara, Carmel like and Nougat. It. I get it. Good Check one. him out. All right, so let's get into some actual nerd radio stuff that we've got here. Like I said, the, there's the Ghostbusters movie that's coming out. That's going to be pretty cool. Jerry Seinfeld was on a talk show a couple of uh, a couple of he was on the Tonight Show and apologized for the uncomfortable sexual subplot of B movie while he was on the on the thing. <laughs> He said, he said, I apologize for what seems to be a certain uncomfortable, subtle sexual aspect of B-Movie, which was really not intentional. The B seems to have a thing for a girl, and we don't really want to pursue that as an idea in children's entertainment, which I have heard over the years, thanks to the internet, that, uh, yeah, B-Movie's kind of horny. Really? Yeah. Huh. <laughs> Jerry Seinfeld's character is kind of crushing on this human lady. Interesting. <laughs> oh, so the B's, like, it's like... Bestiality. A little bit. Oh, no. A little bit. Oh, no. Yeah, but they didn't, obviously, they didn't intend that, but uh, that's uh, that's where it's, where it's Interesting. at. Interesting. I wonder huh. if that's like, so there's like, there's a lot of like hidden jokes in like SpongeBob and even oh, yeah. if you go back and watch other cartoons. I wonder if that, if they, he's, he's apologizing because they didn't mean to or are they apologizing because, oh, somebody caught on to some of the things we were. There's no way they made that entire movie and somebody in the writer's room wasn't like, that B wants to get it out. Yeah. <laughs> To stick that stinger in the lady. That be that BFs. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like nuts I, and honey, baby. Yeah. I, I, I've never actually seen that movie. I don't think so. Yeah, I, me neither. I don't know. Which is funny because I like I really like Jerry Seinfeld. I sure. love the show. You know, I enjoyed his stand-up. So right. Like to the fact that I had never watched it. I don't know. But why would you watch him voice a bee in a children's movie? Right. That's the you thing. Know? That's I, that obviously kept me from it. But yeah. still, like, I'm a, I'm a big enough fan that I it's surprising that i didn't watch it but mm, right but yeah no that's exactly why i didn't see it you know if it was a yeah. regular old adult movie i probably i, I definitely like if anybody would have. in the room has seen it is chuck probably uh, i don't i don't think i have okay but because it strikes me as a movie if anybody if would, i was going to guess one person in this room saw that movie i'd be like well it has yeah. to be me like, well it's jerry seinfeld you know i you just got into i seinfeld, tried right yeah the i show. tried my seinfeld pilgrimage which i i fell off the trail but so, i'll i'll be back it's gotcha. fine. It's not that I didn't like the show. It's just that mm. they took it off net or uh, they took it off Hulu, and now it's on Netflix. So I just have to figure out where I left off. Right? Ah, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. I was gonna say it's not going anywhere. It's just leapfrogging to different things right, right now. Right. Yeah. Who's got the most money to hold on to it? Yeah. At the moment. Speaking of movies that uh, we have or have not Look seen, that's Al. You're not gonna believe this. Uh oh. Last Friday, you, I could not sleep. So you watched Blade Runner. So I watched Blade Runner because that movie puts me to sleep. <laughs> And I saw the whole thing. Whoa. Oh, my God. You I, weren't even kidding. I lived through. I survived. I did not fall asleep lived through watching Blade Runner. Blade Runner. And I saw the whole thing. I have seen 80s uh, cyberpunk classic did, Blade Runner. Finally. Did you enjoy it on any level? Yeah. Or, you did. Okay. Yeah. yeah I, I really. I, I Story's kind of weird, but I like the aesthetic, and I, it's the kind of thing, I, James, I don't know if, we, if, if I've had the conversation with you, but it's influenced so many things mm-hmm. that I do love that mm-hmm. I feel like I need to, to see, see this. Yeah, I felt the I same way, but know. I kept falling asleep as well. So. Yeah. Yeah, uh, just average in the chat saying, now watch 2049, and that's, that's the plan. I, yeah. I wanted to see the new Blade Runner, but I hadn't actually not slept through the first Blade Runner, so <laughs> yeah. now I, I get to see yeah. if, uh, if I like that There's one. something about that movie, because I know it's such a cult classic, if you right. like sci-fi or whatever else, and I just, I, I don't get it, Yeah, but I feel, you and I had that same thing, where it's like we felt this responsibility to keep yep. trying, Yeah. so I have not, uh, I have not made it through the movie yet, and I don't Chuck the Freak would be blown away by that, because he loves that movie. Right. But maybe it's like one of those things where, you know, he's just a, of the age or something. I don't know. Maybe. Oh, and there's so many people that absolutely love that movie. And it's the kind of thing that's like, man, I, I, I should see that. So-and-so loves this movie. And after I, you know, got through Blade Runner, I still wasn't, you know, ready to fall asleep. So I start searching through HBO Max. And I was like, oh, yeah, James told me I might like this malignant movie. Yeah. So I put that on and I got about a half hour into it before I was like, OK, I'm ready to fall asleep. And then the next time I looked for it, like two days later, it was gone. <laughs> You're kidding. Oh, they must have I will pulled never, it. I will never know how that movie ends. It's gone now? Yeah, because it's one of those theater Warner Brothers movies. Uh, yeah. And those are only there for a couple weeks. Yeah. yeah I think and then they they're gone. Like 30 days. I didn't realize it was that close to the end. Wow. I must have really pushed it then. Right. Because when I watched it, 
It must have been two or three weeks. I don't know that I enjoyed the half hour I watched. I did cackle at there's a scene at the beginning where there's a there's somebody in a mental institution. They strap him down to a, a chair and he's got some kind of weird electric powers and he's he's killing dudes or whatever. And then it zooms in on this doctor and she's like, it's time to excise the cancer. And then it goes to the credit, the like the opening, the opening yeah. credits. And I was like, that's ridiculous <laughs> it's so oh it was so over the top i'll tell you how it ends when the show is over i was i can picture like do all doctors do that it's like it's yes. time for your appendectomy yep. you should see you should see what the uh urologist says before he gives you the vasectomy oh, right. no. <laughs> right. one more movie story Ready to be neutered <laughs> let the neutering commence one more movie story I got for you guys before we go into break, too. Uh, the, the, so the new Bond movie came out this week, mm-hmm. No Time to Die. And I don't know if you guys saw this on one of the prep services, but over in England, a man was saved by CPR during a screening of No Time to Die. Yeah, like, that's Had crazy. a heart attack, and the people in the theater decided it really was No Time to Die. Wow. And... But I told you the story specifically to hit that punchline. Please, nobody that reacted. The, guy that that's had, good. the heart attack was not named James Bond. He, I don't believe he was. Oh, okay. No, yeah, I was. What a hell of a coincidence. Malcolm yeah. Clark, eighty-one-year-old oh, okay. dude, that uh, went into the went to the cinema to see the newest James yeah. Bond movie. And, that's funny that the way you you framed that just to hit that punchline. I do feel like he was poisoned by some news outlet just for the news <laughs> for the story. Yeah. <laughs> We gotta get this bloke to have a heart attack in the middle of the screening, so that way we can get the "No Time to Die" joke out. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, when uh, when they when they run the because run... the difference between us and them is you made fun of yourself for making the pun, right? And the news that... newscasters when they do that, they're like, "This is brilliant journalism, Boom. nailed it." Yeah, <laughs> that's news gold. Yep, right. the audience is just eating out of the palm of our hands now. Right. All right, well, we're going to take a short break. We've got a little bit more to talk about when we get back. And, of course, like I said, we've got your interview with uh, Bryce Remsburg. We're going to talk about uh, the upcoming Motor City Comic Con. I've got the track listing for the Guardians of the Galaxy game, which actually has sold me on the game. Really? Just the yeah. track listing alone? The track listing sold. of the songs that they're using for this game. Can we All just right. get you Spotify instead? I mean- <laughs> Like, why, do you have, why do you have to buy the game based on the track list? I mean, I'm sure you'd have a good time with the game, and right. it's Marvel and whatever. But like, if that's the selling point, just just we'll, maybe this artist we'll that build you a on playlist Spotify. on Apple Music for Christ's sake. <laughs> and we'll talk. Do you about, have YouTube? I do. <laughs> and we'll talk about Nickelodeon All Star. Send Brawl. you some links. <laughs> that's all coming up next. Backstagecountry.com, your online home for all things country music. <laughs> Wondering who made our list of the top five all-time queens of country music? Did Carrie Underwood make the cut? Find out now when you text Queens to 45911 and scroll through the list on BackstageCountry.com. Text Queens to 45911 to see the talented artists who rounded out our top five list. This is Don Gibb, Ogre, Dr. Death. Jackson, and you're listening to Nerd Radio. Welcome back to Nerd Radio. It's uh, on the B-Pod Studios Network, wherever you get your favorite podcast, but also on your social media. You can follow us at Nerd Radio 101, and of course, hit up our website, nerdradio101.com. Thank you very much for that, Mr. Albeck. Mm, I planned on doing something with it, but it still just forwards to the That's quite all podcast right. episodes page. It at gets WR. the job com. done. It serves its purpose. That's yeah. right. That way you don't have to be like, go to bpodstudios.com slash, I don't know what the actual URL is. I, the I'm, podcast I'm there, so. unsure, too. No, <laughs> I doubt that it's uh, a vanity one where it's nerdradio101.com. Right. Yes. That's why I'm saying <laughs> So we talked briefly about it last week, but uh, the Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl. Yeah, you Came got it. You played last it? week. Um, no, no. How about you? No. You want to know? Because I don't know. I don't know what system to buy it on. It's not cross-platform. <laughs> I want to be able to play with Chuck. I want to be able to play with my friends. I want to play with the Manthong Mafia gaming right. community. I want to be able to play with everybody. That sounds really dirty, but <laughs> this video game, I want to play against everybody that I possibly can. Well, the reason I haven't played it yet is because I went to pick up my pre-ordered physical copy last mm-hmm. week. And the game does not come out physically for a couple of weeks. <laughs> You're kidding. You can get it digitally right now as of last Tuesday. But I went in I went in on Tuesday, yeah. and they're like, oh, the physical copies don't come out until Friday. I'm like, all right, cool. And then I went in on Friday. 
we didn't get our physical copies. I don't think we're getting them until next week. Do you just want a refund? <laughs> I'm like, well, yeah. And then I went to another store thinking, well, maybe they just, this store just didn't get their physical yeah. copies. They didn't have them either. And I went on, I went online and I ordered it. And they're like, yeah, you can get your physical copy in like three weeks. The hell? So they're kind of dropping the ball. They're kind of losing. They're losing my interest now with this. They got issues with physical copies. I got issues with cross platform. Right. Like, but it's, a, it's like a fighting game. You want to be able to fight against anybody on any system. Yeah. You know, not just. I got to find a bunch of dudes with an Xbox, you know, or a bunch of dudes with the Switch. You should be able to just pop the game in and let's play. I agree. I agree. In fact, that Pokemon Unite game that I was telling you guys about a month ago that I'm mm-hmm. super into playing, they just ported that to the phone a couple of weeks ago and those cross that's cross platform. When I'm playing now, I'm playing with people on their phone and people on their Switch. I will say look at how quickly we can be spoiled because oh, sure. until recently, cross platform we just we just accepted it as not a possibility. Yep. So how long has it really been an option? Like a couple of years, maybe? Yeah, probably about maybe four or five years. Yeah. <laughs> so already we're like, God damn it! <laughs> we have the technology. Why aren't you using exactly. it? Exactly. Uh, but some good news as far as the uh, the um, All-Star Brawl goes is that Xbox is doing a special sweepstakes on their Twitter right now. Okay. Giving away special Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl Xbox Series Xs. Oh, very nice. They are uh, skinned with two different characters from the game on the controllers and on the little square Xbox Series X. Oh, I'd love to win one of those. The runner-up is a Leonardo from Ninja Turtles okay. on the thing. Take but it. the grand prize, and you got to see this, is a SpongeBob SquarePants Xbox Series X. It's just because he's square. Yeah. So it's just a square Xbox that is SpongeBob. And then on the controllers... It's my Bob box. On his... Uh, <laughs> His his face is kind of out where the buttons are over on the right side. So like the A button and the left uh, or the right joystick are are the eyeballs. That's awesome. <laughs> that's very cool. I'm not a big SpongeBob SpongeBob guy, but that's a very cool. But situation. you win a sweepstakes for yeah. a Series X and it's got SpongeBob. I'm like, this is cool. It on video and put it on the internet and play with it. Yep. So good. if you want to go over to let me pull it up here. If you want to go over to Xbox's Microsoft's Twitter, this is going on until October 24th. They just want you to uh, retweet. The Xbox sweepstakes tweet. But don't do that because the more of you that do that is the less of us that, you know, the less chance we have of winning. Well, that's why you should have waited to bring it up on the show until, hey, look who won the sweepstakes. <laughs> it's right. James and watch his YouTube video. Yeah. Yep. I would have told you guys about the contest, but I wanted to win it myself. Yeah. Um, you guys remember a couple of weeks ago I told you about that uh, War of Tanks game where somebody leaked classified information to win an argument about yes. how one of the tanks worked? It happened again. Oh. <gasps> In the same game? In the same game. Oh, man. They need to get these military people off of this video game. <laughs> this time it was a guy over in Britain who's actually, like, he did drove one of those tanks in the mm-hmm. game and, like, shared document classified blueprints of the tank to prove that it was controlling wrong in the game. Wow. We, we would have just took your word for it, man. Right? <laughs> we I, could, would, I wouldn't argue that you with I, – I wouldn't debate you that – you don't know how to drive a, a tank. You could have just showed us a picture of you with the tank. Yeah. And we, you know, in your uniform, we've been like, all right, good enough. I, I believe him. Yeah. He's got, he's got medals for it and stuff. He's done it. Show me those blueprints of that tank. <laughs> no, I'm not part of the Taliban. Whenever I'm about to do something, I think, would an idiot do that? Yes. And if they would, I do not do that thing. That is, that is fair, Dwight. That is fair. Um, also, this won't surprise you, but the Avengers game is in hot water once again. Because there's no Spider-Man? They promised Spider-Man years ago. Yeah, well, there's still no Spider-Man, but they started adding these... Um, a, a, a couple of months ago, they halved how much experience you were getting for okay. missions because people were leveling up far too fast. Oh. And then they added these items that would give you a limited amount of time, like a two-day window where your experience would double. So it would go the same way it used to. Double XP in the weekend or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's cool. But uh, the problem is, is that as of last week's update, you can buy those things with real up until that point they just gave you one like every couple of weeks or something if you logged in five so you days can, or something now you can pay to now get you the can normal amount of experience you would have got when you first played the game yeah exactly oh, to, no wonder to, they're in hot water okay yeah so people are are super pissed once again at this game that is kind of underperformed well and, i feel like square enix is probably just happy that people realize the game's still around yeah yeah for sure i think it's part we of know game. you're upset but we're just happy that you would know we exist i think it's part of game pass this month too i think that's oh, really? part of yeah that's part of like they've got more they got a bunch of new people to check it out and then they're like hey well if you want to level up 
just give us some yeah, money why over don't you here. Just pay a few bucks. And right. Everything the people that pre-ordered it last summer or two summers ago. Yep. Got when they first pl- plugged it in. Mm. But they also uh, Square Enix and Eidos Montreal, who are working on the Guardians of the Galaxy game, which comes out in a couple of weeks, put up a Spotify playlist of the track listing for the game, and that was something I hadn't thought about when they announced the game. That is like definitely a flavor that we've come to expect from the Marvel Cinematic Universe when mm-hmm. it comes to Guardians of the Galaxy. Is like Peter Quill's got his Walkman. Yeah, he's got these cool tunes. They're going to play this cool soundtrack. They got some real bangers for the soundtrack. Yeah, for Guardians. What do we got? Uh, Tears for Fears. I'll, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you the band. You tell me what song you think they got because oh you're probably right. I'm not going to know. Uh, Tears for Fears. Everybody wants to rule the world. Okay. It's going to be in there. New Kids on the Block. White Stuff. Hanging Tough. Oh, that's the actually, they do the right stuff. White Stuff is right. the Weird Al. <coughs> yes. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, Flock of Seagulls. I ran. I ran so far yeah. away. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, they got uh, Tainted Love by Soft Cell. Nobody knows who Soft Cell is, so I'm not okay. going to make you try and guess that one. Uh, Rick Astley. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> Never going to give you up. Yeah. <laughs> is going to be in there. Motley Crue. Shot oh. of the Devil? Who do you think, Al? Uh, girls, girls, girls. Kickstart my heart. Kickstart my heart. Yeah. All good All good guesses, though. I got to think what songs were on other video games. Yeah, exactly. It's probably easier to get licensing for. Uh, Loverboy's Turn Me Loose. Bonnie Tyler's Holding Out for a Hero. Wake Me Up Before You Go-Go by Wham is going to be <laughs> on there. You <laughs> would have said a Wham. I wouldn't have known what song. Uh, Blue Oyster Cult's Don't Fear the Reaper. All right. Going to be on there. Bobby McFerrin's Don't Worry, Be Happy. <laughs> like some of these are like okay this is a cool 80s jam or this is a cool you know like 70s jam this is cool and then there's like these just like memeified songs yeah. yeah that are in there uh there's some Def Leppard in there We Built the City by Starship is another one how about Wang Chung what Wang Chung song you think they stuck in there I don't even know a Wang Chung song you remember song. Wang Chung probably, at all probably hear one I'd recognize it but yeah, it's a, everybody have fun tonight oh that's Wang Chung that's Wang Chung everybody have fun tonight Everybody have fun tonight. Twisted Sister. I want to rock. We're not going to take it. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah. Uh, there's some Kiss in there. Aha. Ugh, damn it. I know. See, you just lost me 100%. Yeah, trust me. I'll be skipping that track. Um, Aha's Take On Me. Part of this soundtrack. Oh, there we go. Europe's I'm the switching f- over our music How long is this soundtrack? <laughs> Europe's the final countdown. Well, I'd have to imagine that they stuck all these in there. As because you play as Peter Quill through the whole okay, game. Okay, so these are just all the songs. You so can they're just hear. on his Walkman. Okay. Yeah. So like whenever you're playing, it just plays a song through He's his got Walkman. A hell of a cassette player, I'll tell you. Right. Blondie's "Call Me" is going to be in there, and uh, a whole bunch of other cool stuff. And there's a couple of original songs from what they call the Star Lord Band in there. But uh, yeah, it's going to be. It's going to have a pretty good soundtrack. Which to kid it. song is on, is on there? Oh, I think it's it's something dumb too. I love it loud. Like definitely not. Oh, a hit. Not even like Detroit Rock City. Yeah, that's why I didn't bring it up because some of them are, are like you say, you know, Twisted Sister is like, well, it's either I'm, I'm I want to rock or it's we're not going to take it. Yeah, it's one of these two. I always wish I could like leap into a, a cartoon world like in this music video. Yeah, much like the parody on Family Guy where Chris yeah, gets pulled yeah. into the grocer's <laughs> freezer section and he turns into this cartoon. Right, that'd be amazing. Like if there's just some. Random way you just get sucked into a cartoon. I don't get know. on it, VR people. Yeah. I don't want VR. I want real life. Just, give, give us a VR version of this video where you can hop into yeah. that would be kind of sketchy cool, animated though. world. That would be kind of cool because then there's like some babe in there that I'm, I'm sure the lusting over. And I'm sure the band Aha would be more than happy yes. to team up with an AR video game company to get this happening. I think the guy, the main guy from that band, is still huge in whatever native country they're from. Yeah, and, somewhere over in Europe. Yeah, and I think it's all just on this song. <laughs> no, this guy's is. making music videos with Foo Fighters. Yep. Also, another reason to be super psyched about uh, Cowboy Bebop coming to Netflix next uh, next month is that they have reunited the Japanese voice cast for the dub, the Japanese dub of the live action show, so that it will have all the original voices from the original cartoon dubbing the now the live action show, the same characters so that they dub there. The live action show in Japanese? No. Okay. No, it'll be in English. But obviously, if you want to watch it on Netflix Japan in your native 
country or in your native so tongue. So they're going to dub it in Japanese. Yes. Okay. In the same way that like when they add anime to Netflix, they've got an English dub, yeah. but it's actually a Japanese okay. show. Okay. I was like, wait, if they're making it here and it's going to be in English, why do they have to dub it with their voices? Right. Is that just so like the Cowboy Bebop fanboys get to hear? It's because voices? anime fans it makes sense. are really, really... Like you gotta watch the Japanese, the original Japanese. Anything that involves any kind of piece of cinema that is dubbed, people have a very strong opinion on. Yes, because I'm tired of seeing people trash the people who watch the Squid Game dubbed. Yeah, but you know what? I'm not gonna take the time to learn Korean. Okay, I don't want to read it. Yeah. So suck it. Exactly. That's my whole thing. I'm not here to read a book. I'm here to watch a movie. If I'm staring okay? at the bottom of the screen and reading subtitles, I am not seeing yeah. what's happening on the screen. Yeah, exa- example, yeah. if I'm doing that, watching the Squid Game, I'm not going to see the giant robot yeah. chick shoot people in the head because they played the game wrong. You right. Know? I'm not going to see the other people die because they're playing the children's games wrong because I'm too busy reading pow, I, pow, pow, bang. I, what I will say is that I understand that argument that you don't get the inflection of the actors, the people that are sure. putting themselves in that situation, and it's... You know, uh, a voice actor completely removed from the filming. That's I I get that argument. And I will say that I've watched dubbed things and been fine with it. I've also watched dubbed things that were terrible and and it was unwatchable. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I do understand that. But, you know, like like you guys said, like whenever I do see a subtitle, I get upset. A, because like you said, Chuck, you're staring at the bottom of the screen and you're missing everything that's happening in on the screen and like I've, i think i mentioned last time we talked about this like my eyes i got a messed up partial blindness right. like i cannot keep up like i can read but i read very slowly and i can't keep up with a subtitle that like it's off the screen when they decide i've had enough time to read it and it's never enough time for me so anytime i watch a show and someone's speaking spanish and some of their subtitles i'm like i guess i'm just not gonna know this part of the story because I, I can't keep up with it. We have subtitles on at our house for everything, everything, oh, really? we, everything we watch. And, and like, I, I like it because sometimes the subtitles will come up like when we were watching Falcon and Winter Soldier and like you'd hear people talking in the background, but you couldn't make it out. And then it would be in the subtitles. You're like, aha, uh, it's a secret clue. How fun. My roommate used to do that. It would drive me nuts. Yeah, right. I, but at I the same it. time, yeah. I have watched things and, and caught myself and realized I have just been reading the subtitles for the last five minutes. Yeah. I really need to focus on the screen because I can hear what's happening. I don't know why I keep staring at the bottom of the yeah. screen. Mm-hmm. I find that other I, than I, in the fact that it's there. Yeah, I, I used to leave the subtitles on video games, and I would find that yeah. I would sit and read it, read it instead of uh, just yep. listening to the dialogue. Dude, totally, I think, yeah, I think that comes from you know being a fan of Final Fantasy. Mm-hmm. Like before it was even an option, you had to read all the dialogue. Well, that was something I'd heard people saying too with the the Final Fantasy VII that came out last year. Is that people were were very adamant about you have to put the subtitles on and have the original Japanese voices up. I'm like, no, I don't. Mm. Shut the f*** up, (laughs) subtitle people. I'm fine with this. And I understand. Of all the things in the world to be an elitist over, shut up. I understand. damn it. We had, when anime started to become a thing, we had so many bad dubs. So many. Like, the dubs for almost everything were abysmal. And the, and the translations were always bad too. So like the inflection of like what yep. a line was supposed to be would be like, well, that's not really what he said, and that's not really what he meant, kind of thing. Well, even going back to yeah. the Squid Game, because this is really my only experience with any kind of a dubbed piece of work. Sure. Like people have said the same thing. Even if you have the subtitles on and you hear the dub, like this, lots of things are lost in translation. Yeah. Completely. So, but for me, like the Squid Game, there would literally be a dude just like, "Hey, bro, you gonna go play the Squid Game?" And I'm like. That is an Asian man who does not talk like a he does not dude sound like from that California. <laughs> <laughs> like, at least make the voices just sound like normal people, right? You know? I still haven't ch- checked out that Squid Game. How are you liking it? It was interesting. Um, I was disappointed with how they wrapped it up. Okay, but the story itself kept me engaged enough. I almost pieced out. Yeah. a couple times, like with the "Hey, bro, you got to go play the Squid Game." I'm like. I couldn't handle the the voices that they used for the voice actors. Right. But uh, the story kept me interested in what was going on, what was happening. But uh, I wasn't super thrilled on how they wrapped up the story. And I feel like they left you with a hanging plot point that they never resolved. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I, I think it's worth watching. Yeah. I would say it's worth watching. It's interesting enough to where I think it's a series, right? Yeah, I think it's like eight. I think it's eight episodes. Okay. 
with varying lengths, but they're each about an hour long. I think there's one that's like 30 minutes, 40 minutes long. Um, but for the most part, they're about an hour to maybe an hour and 10 minutes. Right. And uh, if you got the time to sit down, you can handle it. I think it's, it's worth watching. It was a very interesting, interesting story, and uh, I don't regret watching it. Good. Excellent. Well, hopefully we won't regret going out to Motor City Comic Con this week. I don't I expect not. expect to, but I'm also, you know, and you're still kind of living through COVID time, so yeah, kind of apprehensive. Definitely mean we wearing my mask yeah, out there. Your mask. I don't smooch those random cosplayers. No, definitely not. Definitely not. But uh, they got a lot of people to uh, go out there and meet. Hopefully, I get a couple interviews with them. They got some uh, some of the actors and actresses from The Boys going to be out there. Aaron Moriarty who plays Starlight, and Anthony Starr who plays the Homelander. Are both supposed to be out there? And uh, Giancarlo Esposito is going to be out there. Gus Fring from uh, Breaking yeah. Bad. So far, two villains. Yeah. I don't know if, if I were to see Homelander, I'd want to punch him right in the face. Even though I know I'd be scared the too. character. But like, he is so good at that role. Yeah. I'd be like, I don't want to meet you. I want to punch you. <laughs> I feel like it's a wrestling face. thing. Like, you he's know? probably such a nice oh, dude because he yeah. gets to be a total dick yeah. in his, you know, his professional life. Yeah. Uh, what did I say? Gat Manizaro plays Dustin in Stranger Things. He's going to be out oh, there. Oh, okay. Oh, he's the one that's got the issue with the teeth, right? Yeah, yeah. I believe yeah. so, yeah. Uh, Adam Shear, who we used to know as Braun Strowman, yeah. will be out there. Dr. Britt Baker. i sign my, uh, my WWE Royal Rumble chair this yep. weekend. Elijah Wood is going to be out there. And Ice- that's a big one. I can't believe Elijah Wood. Ice-T is going to be out there. Dude, Ice-T is sweet. Ice-T and Coco. Yep. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm like, can I just get a photo with Coco's breasts? <laughs> you might be able to. But I want to look like I'm like Superman, like raising them up, right? From stopping me from getting crushed. Some Hopefully great. That's not too perverted. Some great voice actors and actresses are going to be out there. And uh, Ming Na Wen is going to be out there. She was in Agents of Shield, and she was voice of Mulan. She was mm, also in The okay. Mandalorian. And Mike Coulter, who played uh, uh, Luke Cage on Netflix. Oh, okay. He's going to be out there too. So uh, I'll definitely be. Uh, uh, you're forgetting about Joey Fatone. Joey Fatone will be there. He's going to yes. be there. <laughs> and yeah, I might be getting my picture with him. Right. Who else is say? Oh, John Barrowman. AC cool. Slater's going to be there. He you may is. know him as Mario Lopez. Yeah. Uh, and, and the comic book side, they got a bunch of people. Uh, Scott Snyder. Did you say uh, John Barrowman? John Barrowman, yep. Captain Jack? Yep. Oh, cool. On the comic side, you got uh, Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo will be out there. They did that run of Batman mm-hmm. a yeah. couple of years ago. Donnie Cates, who just wrapped up uh, doing a run on Venom and Guardians of the Galaxy over at Marvel. Jim Starlin, who created Thanos. Mm-hmm. And a whole bunch more. It's going to be a fun time. They got somebody that's... Uh, working on my X-Men books. It's going to be out there. He's working on X-Force, Benjamin Percy. And hopefully I'll get a couple minutes to pick his brain. Cool. Tell him that. Uh, well, I get, what I'm hearing is hopefully you get enough interviews that I get another week off. It's entirely possible. <laughs> do a Comic-Con version of the show. Yep. Crossing so, my fingers. So, yeah, if you're uh, in the local area and you're looking for something to do this weekend, you want to go to a con, Motor City Comic Con. It's happening this Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And you might even see myself and James walking around. You won't see Al. Al ain't going. No. <laughs> no. Usual not. spot, right? Yeah. Okay. But that's going to do it for this week's Nerd Radio, unless you guys got anything else. No. Take... I blew my load at the top. <laughs> With the Captain Kirk? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll take that as a, a no. Uh, James, I'll keep an eye on uh, next week's comics, see if I can get you some more of them Marvel Masterworks covers. Yeah, let uh, me know if covers. Uh, I owe you some, some more cash. Some, uh, some good stuff in there. There's even a couple that I'm like, hmm, maybe I should... I should get that cover this week, this what month the Hulk instead. Cover was if they're, if they're asking for double the price for the Hulk. Like, right, I think it was like the Hulk versus the Thing. It's like oh, Hulk right. versus the Thing. We, yeah. Yes, I need that. You need one. that one. Yeah, because yes, okay. that is an actual glitter card. Oh, all right. I believe Hulk versus the Thing was a glitter card. All right. Well, I'll keep an uh, eye out for and it. I'll, I'll give you some cash once we uh, wrap up the show here. Yeah, no worries. You guys take care. Yes, the Emma Frost cover. I do need that one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> For more reasons oh, than no. just uh, all right, we got to wrap this issue. up before James starts getting a little too uh, into it. Yeah, I'm thinking about back to my junior high. Days oh no, he's starting to go. Crazy. He's starting to get Chuck. Hurry Didn't up! You know, play, play the outro, Chuck. Like, Emma Frost. I was oh, like, God. why don't they make Playboy trading cards? Oh, I'm so uncomfortable right now. Did you know, Playboy Bustin makes cards. him feel good. Yes, oh. <laughs> Bustin makes me feel good. We'll see you guys next week. Going to the Bustin zone. I'm in a difficult situation here. I mean, after all, the nerds. This Transformer is cool. Have a great weekend. Oh, no, I'm busting. The future's stupid, guys. I'm sorry, but it is. I have spoken. Talking about cool Transformers. Now I'm busting. Uh, <laughs> Let's see you guys oh, next week. Al just see busted. That's a triple bust. BackstageCountry.com, your online home for all things country music. <laughs>
Award-winning movies often have incredible soundtracks, and many of those have gone on to become country gold. We've picked our top five country songs that have been nominated for an Oscar. Text OSCAR to 45911 to see if your favorite made the list on BackstageCountry.com. Text OSCAR to 45911, and we'll send the link straight to your phone. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Welcome back, everyone, to Nerd Radio, wherever you get your podcast, as part of the B-Pod Studios Network, and, of course, on your social media at Nerd Radio 101. We always like to kind of bury these in the, in the back of the show so you've got something to look forward to. It's like the main event. And this, uh, this week's main event actually has a referee. That referee is AEW referee Mr. Bryce Remsburg. I've got him on Skype right now. Bryce, how are you this morning? Uh, fantastic. Uh, you can't have main event without a referee. I guess that's true. Uh, you know, at uh, 11.35 a.m. where I am in the world main event, let's go. Let's do it. As I say, are we doing three-way dance? Are we doing a, a ladder match? What, what do we got going on today? Well, typically we've got a three-man show, so it would kind of be a triple threat, I suppose. Okay. All right. All right. Those or a trios match. Dice. Sure, sure. Three on three, I'm, I'm in. Whatever it is, sign me up. Let's go. There was no, uh, there was no um, clause in my contract about what would, uh, you know, all matches are, are covered in this, so let's go. Excellent, excellent. Well, it's, uh, it's great to talk to you, Bryce. I did, uh, in preparation for this, the two things that I made sure that I, I kind of took in to, to make sure that I knew at least a little bit about who I'm talking to is I, uh, I listened to your appearance on AEW uh, Unrestricted a couple of weeks ago. Great podcast you guys got going on over there. And, thank you. Thank you. A, a, a real pleasure for to tell 14-year-old Bryce he was, he was having a conversation with Tony Schiavone on a podcast. What, what, what a delight. I'm sure. I'm sure that actually that's a question that I've got coming up that I'll definitely uh, ask you about. But the other thing I had to take in after listening to that was your match you refereed between Invisible Man and Invisible Stan. <laughs> did you watch it? I did. I actually sat down so last sorry. night and I put it in. I, and owe you an, I owe you an apology. You really don't. You really don't. <laughs> that is the kind of stuff that I like to show up to professional wrestling for. Is just the I like what I like to call the spooky bullshit, uh, but I also mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. the really goofy stuff that it feels like could only happen in a room where everyone is on board, everyone is like, yeah, okay, yeah. two invisible guys are going to fight and the referee is going to, we're going to have to read him to figure out what's going on. So let's do I, this. I, I think of it as a, uh, you know, if, if wrestling is art, which it is in a way, uh, that was a very, very abstract piece. Uh, that was maybe some kind of Andy Warhol stuff. I don't know what, I don't know how to really quantify it, but I was, uh, um, you know, I will get, a tweet about that match probably once a week and it's it's usually complimentary and it's you, you, something like you know i showed this to my friend who's not a wrestling fan and they loved it which i really appreciate and you know um talk of like pushing the, you know pushing the boundaries of the medium and stuff like that which is kind of i guess another art type thing but i have always been a fan of the obscure and odd I, a lot one of my gateways into the world of wrestling i'm also a, a great comedy fan so kind of the crossover is andy coffin i'm looking at an andy coffin figure on my desk right now like that was the crossover of wrestling and and comedy and it, it is absurd at any little you know micro beat i can be a part of to be a part of something silly like that and make push the abstractness and weirdness of pro wrestling forward. I am all for, so I, I wear it as a badge of pride and I am, I've already told my wife, I'm fully convinced someone's going to bring this up at my funeral. So be prepared. Yeah. Well, I think the, the big question after watching a match like that is when is invisible man going to be all elite? <laughs> I don't know if they can afford him. He's, like a real, he's got a, he's got a real stickler of an agent and he's kind of a prick. So all right. invisible Stan, maybe we can work something out on. Uh, but I haven't heard from them in a couple of years and it, it's for the best, really. I think I, it, it's, it's, I, I'm sure we are, we are star-crossed lovers. We will, we will cross paths again someday down the line, but for now we are, we're, we're content doing our own things in our own places. Well, that was another thing that I, I pulled from the, uh, the podcast that I thought was fascinating is in addition to being a referee, you also, uh, handle the travel for, for most of all elite wrestling. And I'm wondering how common is that for a lot of the people that, that are working there? Like you hear that a lot of the wrestlers will wear multiple yeah. hats backstage. And I got a chance to talk to Tony Schiavone a, about a month ago at a convention. And oh, he talked cool. about, awesome. he talked about all the different stuff that they'll, you know, they'll have him do backstage when he's not, you know, wearing the headset. Uh, sure, is sure. everybody Tony coaches. 
not 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 everybody, but I know uh, you know Paul Turner, a referee. He helps out with helps me out with travel. Aubrey, who's a referee, she's in the games division and hosts the podcast. Obviously, Tony does a lot of work coaching other announcers. Excalibur is a marketing manager. Um, you know, the EVPs are obviously all doing dual roles. Sure, Tony doing a bajillion things. A lot of wrestlers are also coaches. Um, Dustin Rhodes, Billy Gunn comes to mind. Uh, so yeah, if you're gonna have these people, you're gonna bring them to town every week, like. Put them to work. I, I don't. I don't find myself a lot of downtime when I'm on the road. It's either you know when I'm not. Uh, it is. It is not. Not at all. This happens on a weekly basis. I come right to the ring and grab my phone and start dealing with some kind of car service or a flight change or a hotel adjustment or whatever it is. Like it really doesn't stop um, unless I'm asleep, which I have not yet figured out a way to work while I'm asleep. Uh, <laughs> if you if you have any suggestions, I'll take them under advisement. I think Tony would probably want to hear about that as well. Uh, so, but but just let me know. But but by and large, I try to make the most of my days, especially when I'm on the road. When I'm home, I try to give give fair attention to my uh, wonderful wife and two beautiful children. But when I'm on the road, I'm pretty much I'm in the zone, and I'm not the only one that makes the um, the all elite wheels keep on turning. I suppose that's awesome though, because it's almost like community theater. It's like everybody's getting together and like you do this and you do this and let's put on a show. And I dig that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. That the I mean, independent wrestling was like that as well. I was, you know, uh, when I was associated with Chikara, based in Philadelphia, I was commentating. I used to ring announce. I would referee. I would handle the travel. I would, you know, help out the ring crew. Like the, the I've said this before, and I'll say it again: the more hats you wear, the harder it is to get rid of you. And uh, I, I hope to be never gotten rid of. And I, I, I get the vibe from some of my friends in the business that uh, radio is a lot like that as well. You know, the more was... you can do when you're when you're not on the air is, is the more valuable you are to your company. And then when it tum- comes time to unfortunately make cuts or whatever, you're going to put yourself off the chopping block because not only do you, you do this, you do this, 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 and this. I was going to so, say uh, that's that's kind of how I've done my radio career. Is though as many yeah. as many hats as I can wear means that once again, like you said, once the cuts start happening, it's like. Well, if you get rid of me, you're getting rid of like 12 positions. So yep. do you really want to do that? <laughs> yep, exactly, exactly. I, so I've I've long parted myself in that in many ways. And I have, you know, when I used to do sketch comedy back in the day, it was, you know, you, you're, you're carrying your own props and you're setting up your own sets. You, you know, it's, it's all DIY. And uh, it is really nice to have a great infrastructure beyond be, – around me at AEW, which is a big difference from the independents. Sure. Uh, everything's not a complete shoestring budget. We try to take care of everybody and take care of everything. And, you know, I went from a world where I was sharing a hotel room with five or six guys. I remember showing up for the very first AEW show in Las Vegas and Memorial Day 2019. And, uh, you know, they said, all right, here's your room. And I said, okay, who, who are my roommates? Like, there are no roommates. You have your own room. I was like, what? <laughs> I had my own hotel room at the MGM Grand in Las Vegas. Like, I thought I had made it. And, you <laughs> right? know, all those times when I have, you know, driven from Philadelphia to Boston or Philadelphia to Charlotte or Philadelphia to Chicago, anytime I get to fly one of those routes now, whew, it feels amazing. <laughs> I, you know, I, I flew to Rochester, New York a couple weeks ago. I've driven to Rochester probably 10 times. But to get on an airplane and be on a 52-minute flight from Philadelphia, whew. Boy, I, it, I could have been riding on the wing or in the bathroom. But I felt <laughs> like I made it. Yeah, and you also you're saving all that time. You're like, what do I do with myself now? I usually right. I a lot half the day to drive, and now I'm already right. here. Right, and someone you know, I, I can do other stuff while I'm on the plane. I can read a book, or I can do work, or whatever. It's, it's amazing. It's amazing. Don't worry. I find someone. I find something else to do that time. There's there's always there's always oh for sure. Um, I'm glad you brought up Chikara because, um, once again, going back to Invisible Man, Invisible Stan, Chikara was very much in that vein of, like, I don't want to say comedy wrestling because you guys had some fantastic matches, too. In fact, I remember sure. I remember Chikara coming through here right after uh, Brian Danielson, who was Daniel Bryan, had gotten released for choking a referee. and uh, choking, choking a ring announcer. Or, yeah. Roberts, the, the AEW ring announcer. Actually, they've been reunited. Right. Uh, but he, it was his first independent show after being released, and somebody had gone to a um, uh, a resale shop and bought a bunch of ties so that when he yeah. came out, we could whip the ties around like rally yeah. towels. And that was that was that was at the Taylortown Trade Center in suburban Detroit, right? It's like it was. Market. God, I yep. can't. The the most fascinating thing to me about uh, everybody that works in the wrestling business is how good your memory is about that kind of stuff. Nah, not about everything. <laughs> you know, Stuff, stuff coming goes. That was a memorable night. I I, I distinctly recall being, uh, you know, um, seeing all the ties thrown in the ring, and every, uh, I I may have been in the ring when that happened. I think I, you I might have been the referee bring, for that match. Bringing the ties. I think he wrestled Eddie Kingston that night, who's also all elite now. It's a it's a it's a weird twisted web we weave, but it's a 
an honor and a pleasure to share a, a dressing room with the American Dragon once again. Yeah, no, absolutely. And that's one of the things I wanted to bring up. So many people came through Chikara. So many people were alumni. And I heard you talk about that once again on Unrestricted about, you mm-hmm. know, being longtime friends with like Eddie Kingston and Orange Cassidy and, and you know, Chuck Taylor and Brody Lee. Do you guys... I'm sure you have to have had the moment already, but do you guys constantly kind of look at each other and be like, couldn't have predicted this? No, I mean, absolutely not. The thing with AEW is, you know, in our formative years, you know, in 2001, WCW and ECW closed. In 2002, Chikara opened and I started training. And there was, a, there was you know, a, 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 a wide gap in the wrestling world when there was only one real game in town for essentially 17 years right i mean impact and ring of honor definitely ebbed and flowed but there weren't many full-time referee jobs for sure in those worlds so AEW, as i said to tony and i'll i'll say to you it is a a dream i didn't know i could have that came true like it's it was not on any vision board it was not in any dream journal this thing fell from the sky uh you know a new promotion where i get to live at home i don't move to florida i can do my office work from my house where I am right now in my house. Like I don't have to go to an office every day. Um, I am treated as an equal, not, you know, the referees have names in AEW. Right. It's, it's not just the second class citizen. And, you know, and a lot of these guys that are of my generation, Matt Seidel and Pac and Brian and Punk and, uh, you know, guys I remember being around on the Indies in 2004, five, six, uh, so many of them, Adam Cole's, I, I like, I think I refereed Adam Cole's like third match or something in 2009. Wow. Uh, and here he is all, you know, like it, it's just this crazy web we weave and it is, uh, some of them I'm surprised to, but some of them I'm not surprised to at all. It's, it's no surprise to think that Eddie Kingston should, you know, Eddie Kingston's God given gift of, of talent and his, the way he talks and everything and putting that package together and a guy that understands and lives and breathes pro wrestling better than almost anyone uh it is not i'm not surprised that he is making his living as a pro wrestler it, it, you know it probably should have happened sooner but again aw was a, a dream we didn't know we could have and now we're all in the right place and we definitely as a you know elder statesman as after 19 years of this and having you know now i have a wife and kids and able to reflect a little bit definitely taking time to smell the roses and take pictures and, uh, you know, have these moments with Eddie and see him at work every week and check in with our families and just on a regular basis, just talk about how crazy this is. Like, this is, these are our jobs now. These are our lives and this is where we belong. And I had that distinct feeling. We were at the Leah Cora Center Temple University in October of 2019. And I had just started and I had like this real imposter syndrome about me. Like, I don't belong here. I shouldn't be here. You know, all this is a, a, a crazy uh, joke on me that someone's going to, you know, um, uh, Ashton Kutcher's going to punch out, right. jump out from behind a wall and tell me, gotcha, you know, go back to your old um, uh, job at Digitas Health where you're, you know, doing uh, pharmaceutical advertising. It's over. And, but this time when I was at uh, last week, I was at the Lee Corsair in Temple University. Two years later, I had a real feeling like, no, this is my job and I belong here and I got this. And uh, uh, I, you know, two years down, hopefully for, for 20 more. I don't plan on going anywhere and I don't think AEW is going anywhere and it's definitely the the wave is not even yet crested. I feel like this; these last couple months, there's been a real upswing in every metric possible: uh, TV ratings, T-shirt sales, pay-per-view sales. Um, oh yeah, you guys are crushing li- it. Live attendance, yeah. The, the, we're on a roll here, and I don't think we've we've seen our height yet. And then a lot of that has to do with the aforementioned Adam Cole and Brian Danielson and CM Punk, and um, who who knows who else is to come. But right. uh, I'm 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 strapping I'm strapping up to the wagon. I'm going to hold on for as long as I can and go as far as I can. I'm glad you brought up Eddie Kingston. Uh, our mutual friend who connected us through the email, uh, Erica Banas, who's been on the show multiple times, wanted me to ask oh, you. Oh, sure. Uh, she, she saw your, uh, one of your tweets, and she wanted me to ask you, just how many times do you think you prevented Eddie Kingston from killing someone? <laughs> I lost count after 20. <laughs> after 20? Uh, I, I think uh, he, he has told me that there's, you know, when I, when I uh, many, many years away, when I eventually get to heaven, there'll be, there'll be someone there with a checklist and they'll go, oh yeah, you took good care of Eddie for a while. Go, go on in. And there'll, be no, <laughs> there'll, there'll be no questions asked. And also you've uh, just recently, you got to uh, referee the Casino Battle Royal at uh, the last pay-per-view and you got that big hug from Ruby Soho, which was a fantastic uh, moment. Are there any other, like... Another one that I, I think I refereed her third or fourth match in, like, 2010. I remember when she started, you know, like... And 
what what's old is new again. Everybody, you know, everything happens for a reason. And, right. Uh, as as the travel guy, I had the distinct pleasure of you know sneaking her in and you know meeting her in the parking lot and getting her car parked and all the things you have to do when there's a surprise in wrestling, which is kind of this fun little spy adventure I get to go on sometimes. Uh, but just you know like 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 a beat was never missed like you know I, I don't talk to her every day maybe a happy birthday text here or there but sure. now i see her at work every week and uh that moment a lot of those moments that happened in the ring there they happened in the back and you know before the show but that one just starts happened to happen in the middle of the ring and for uh an odd thing to be proud of it it's in the opening of rampage every week now yes. hugging <laughs> yes it's very strange <laughs> A, a strange box I didn't know I could check, but I'll take it. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. So I've got a couple more questions before I let you go this morning, Bryce. And a couple of these are, I don't know, probably kind of like peek behind the curtain questions. So feel free to tell me that you cannot answer this question if it's, you know, if it's too much kayfabe, I suppose. Um, Fair deal. Fair deal. But uh, one of the things I wanted to know, because, you know, you, you see the the wrestlers and you think, you know, we, we live in 2021. We know that, like, you you guys kind of talk over where the match is going to go before it, you, you go out there. But as far as being the referee, how much do you know about the match before you, you know, get out there? A lot of times, and this was the same, you know, the, the independents were kind of like getting my bachelor's degree and, you know, AEW working on television is kind of getting my master's degree. There's a lot more different masters to serve. The most, the biggest, which is of his time, uh, you know, making sure no matter what dynamite starts at eight o'clock and it goes off the air at nine fifty nine fifty nine every right. week, no matter what, whether it's ready or not. So the show is literally timed to the literal second to the second. So uh, when we're on TV and I'm in the ring and you may have noticed I'm wearing an earpiece. Yes. A lot of that is, uh, you know, directing traffic, conducting an orchestra. Sure. There are many masters to serve. And uh, I am kind of the messenger between the back and the ring. And sometimes my messages are received properly. Sometimes they are not. Sometimes they're not needed. But a lot of that, um, you know, 17 years of independent experience was great, but it it only prepared me so much for this. And now every week I'm learning something and getting something new under my belt. And a lot of it depends on how important the match is. You know, if it's the the main event of Dynamite, maybe there's a little more care taken to the time and the details. If it's a a main event of a pay-per-view, I might know a little bit more than usual because it's a little more important than usual. If it's a, you know, shorter enhancement style dark match, maybe I don't need to know every single detail. Right. Uh, It all depends. And it depends. And some guys like to tell you every single thing. Some guys like to tell you the finish and see out there. Some guys only like to tell you that. So you you chameleon and work to your surroundings. And uh, that's what I'm trying to do. And and luckily now, after two years, I think I've refereed for just about everybody that works for AW at least once. Sometimes more than others. You know, I find myself working with Eddie or Orange Cassidy or Pac a lot. Right. Um, And I, you know, have adapted some of their – I work with Darby Allen a lot. Um, I've adopted some of his ticks. I know what he's looking for, what he's thinking sure. and maybe vice versa, but, um, it's a, it's an ever evolving work in progress and we are all just out there doing our best. Right. And like you mentioned, some guys will just tell you, Hey, here's the finish. And then they're, you know, kind of improving the rest of the match and you just have to play along. And, and one of the and, other, and sometimes due to time or injury or whatever reason, the finish changes on the fly. And right. Sometimes that's communicated to me and sometimes it's not. And again, it's a, it is a fluid evolving thing. And I am, uh, I will watch back matches from TV and I will be like, I don't remember that. I don't remember doing that. Right. And I was like, so in the moment in the zone, I had no concept of my surroundings. Like I don't hear chants going on sometimes when I'm in the ring. Cause I'm so oh, that's fascinating. on like on, on the, the time or what's happening next or where we have to get to or where I have to be or whatever detail is going on. Uh, but yeah, the, I, it's, it's a, I am never more alert than when I am in the ring on live TV, I guess. Well, I got one last question for you. And, and uh, sure. uh, it sounds like we, we were very similar as wrestling fans from, from your, your, once again, your unrestricted appearance, uh, appearance on the podcast. And that like, we, we watched professional wrestling. We were like, this looks awesome. I want to do this. But then we kind of looked at ourselves and it was like, I am not a wrestler. 
No. I could work out forever, but this is not going to happen. And I for, am five foot five, no matter what. Right. Well, for for me, I'm about six feet tall, so I've got that going oh, okay. for me. All right. But like, I I looked at like the Jimmy Hart's and the Bobby Heenans and went like, now that's something I think I might be sure. have a good time gift of, doing. Gift of gab. Right. I don't. I I like. I don't think I can get beat up. You know, uh, six or seven nights a week and actually work out that much. But man, I could. I could grab a, a foot or pass a brass knucks and, and then, you know, sure, take a punch or something sure. like that. Get when this it, guy a megaphone. <laughs> when it comes to being one of the people who aren't, you know, a professional wrestler, uh, if somebody wanted to get into refereeing or to being a manager or something, what would your advice be? Like, where do you start with that kind of uh, career path? I, I would definitely advise going to some kind of a professional training center and get some actual training. You might need, not, might not need the full training. A lot of, uh, professional wrestling training schools that are slowly evolving from the back from the pandemic. Uh, mine at least charged half price to be a manager or a referee. I didn't have to pay the full tuition because I wasn't, you know, getting all the tools. I ended up, you know, sitting in a lot of practice, watching, learning, uh, definitely learning how to bump, learning how to fall. I would advise anyone to, you know, first decide if they're able to uproot their lives. And if that's the case, you know, cast a very wide net of wrestling schools. If sure. not, if you want to stay put, Look at the wrestling schools an hour or two in your radius. Uh, go there to and check it out before you give them your money. Go for an open up. If a, if a wrestling school doesn't tells you that you can't just come sit in on a class or come to an open house or some kind of, you know, th- even if you're paying a fee to check it out, if they don't let you see it before you pay, that's a red flag to me. Um, these are the people you're going to be literally giving your body and your money to. Uh, so go check it out. Get a vibe for it. If the vibe is good. Maybe consider signing up on some kind, you know, Chikara, I know used to used to do like, you know, weekly intensives, you know, it wasn't a full training, but it was like a seven week course, much like was kind of based on the improv model. Uh, If that's the thing that works for you, sure. But um, if you don't get if you don't have a good feeling on the place, do not do it. It's it's worth checking out. It's worth getting a vibe for and kind of go from there. But do your research. Ask around. If you get, you know, I remember showing up for the first day at the Wrestle Factory being terrified that I was going to be around you know, these big giant six foot eight, 500 pound sure. like, football jocks. And it turned out it was comic book nerds and, and hardcore punk music guys. And <laughs> right. I was like, Oh, I can, I can talk to these people. You know what I mean? Like, yep. these, these, I can relate to them. And that's, I knew right away. Chikara was the place for me and I was there for 17 years. So uh, yeah, do your research and check things out, ask around, use the internet. Um, if you get to go to a, a training, you know, an open house or whatever, Ask other people about their experiences and, you know, be smart where you're going to put your money and your time and your body and your energy. Well, Bryce, thank you so much for taking some time this morning to talk to us here at Nerd Radio. My pleasure, Nerd Radio. I consider myself a card-carrying nerd, so I feel like I fit right in.